You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. From Vineyard Theater in New York City, this is Theater Uncorked where vineyard artists come together to talk about the process of bringing new works to the stage. I'm your host, Kevin Weinbold. The Vineyard is proud to be presenting plays by some of the most exciting new voices in the theater this season. Starting with the New York premiere of Good Grief by Ngazi Anyawu, directed by Awoye Timpo. In episode 9, Ngazi and Awoye talk about how the show has developed and changed over the past four years, the advantages and challenges for Ngazi to be both the playwright and leading actor of the show, the influence August Wilson has had on both of them, and how their previous and current productions have allowed them to develop a dynamic, collaborative relationship. Let's listen. So we met, um, I want to say it's been like 10 or 11 years, like probably 2007, 2008 season. And we met in the lobby of the public theater. Um, I was doing a directing fellowship at the time. uh, I was Jesse Cameron's intern. So Jesse Cameron at the time who's now like the dramaturg, the, like the public, but, but, um, yeah, but now he, um, at that time he was Oscar's artistic assistant mm-hmm. and I was his assistant. Yes. Uh, so I was an intern, um, artistic intern. And it, and it was one of those days where whenever they have a new show or like a first rehearsal, there's, they always do this thing where they kind of circle up and, you know, from intern to lead actor, everyone just, you know, if they can get out of the office, introduces themselves. And I was like, that name is African. <laughs> <laughs> That is an African name. I don't know where it's from, but I will find her. <laughs> and I will attach myself to her. Come hook her by crook. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like we met and we're just like, Africans! <laughs> yes! Unite. In the lobby, it's happening. Ultra, yes, it's so good. Um, it's so good. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Though. And then we've just been, I mean, connecting and seeing each other at things. Mm-hmm. And then you went away for school. And yeah, we just kind of stayed grad school. connected. And we just stayed connected always. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, she, I know you did... You'd produce a lot of readings, and I was I know you were at one time. You were, weren't you like the associate director at like Shakespeare on the Sound? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, nah, like 
I was like, I got to audition for her. Yes. But it's like, I just never, I never came around that we got to, because yes. I'm an actor primarily. So I, it never came around that I actually auditioned for you. Yeah. But um, once we did like Now Africa. That's right. We were like, hey, come in and hang out with, out with us as a director. Yeah. Um, and I remember getting out of grad school, you, you and Nicole Watson had invited me to, you were both associates for the August Wilson series. That's right, yeah. We um, did a whole, um, the WMIC, August Wilson readings that you came to all of. I thing. came to, yeah, I had nothing else so to good. do. I was unemployed and out of school. <laughs> and I got some medicine and got some August Wilson. Yes. That was actually where I was like, you know, you go to grad school and I think for me, mm. you're like, August Wilson, August Wilson, ah, okay, I get it. Yeah. And then you... I sat through those readings, which were, which had like yeah. the craziest cast, the very best. The, and then I was like, and I'm back on the train. Yes, like totally. you can't argue with me that he's who, yeah. who has ten great plays. Totally. <laughs> I was like, you got ten great plays. I ain't got ten great plays. I think he wins. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like I feel like I had the same experience when I was like when I was coming up through school. Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember if I read any August Wilson in school, Maybe. like high school or college. I'm definitely not high school. In college, maybe I read Fences, maybe. But I mm. remember having this feeling like, oh, August Wilson. It was just at, we were at a time where it was like August Wilson was being produced. Like it was like the February show, and they were, the theater Every was August doing a black show. show. It'd yeah. be an August Wilson show, and so I started to have this kind of like resentment mm-hmm. towards August mm-hmm. Wilson without really knowing the plays. Correct. But yeah. I was just kind of like, what's up? You know, yeah, why? Like, why? And there's no other playwrights except for August Wilson. Yeah, I went to undergrad in Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, right. And so I didn't know about who August Wilson was. Until I was an undergrad, which is I think is like not totally pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, modern drama class, we read Joe Turner's Come and Gone. Come on, and that was the play that was like ah, and you know, for a black girl who was raised in a very very white suburb and raised African, I was like, I don't get this, but I get this. Mm-hmm. It was like it like it was that one mm-hmm. and like The Slave by Mary Baraka. Yep. And I was just on some other, <laughs> just, I was trying to do that Vera monologue Listen. from Seven Guitars at every audition I could. <laughs> They're like, who's this 21-year-old? What you know about? He ain't here. He ain't here. And by the time I was like 28, it was like, every time, every time you do the Vera monologue, you know, an angel dies. Like, you know what I mean? Because it was just so overdone. It was done all the time, yeah. So, you know, of course, big ups to August Wilson. But it was definitely like that, that was a swing. But but that Green Space series was definitely a, oh, and the swing is back up. You know, because that was to see it, how it's, to hear it, how it's supposed to be done. Yes. You go, oh, yeah. And I think that's just all plays, right? I feel like what I realized when I heard that was like, oh, this is about gathering your people. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, who know the world? Yes. And can just inhabit the who don't even have to do anything. Yes. And then we'll get your play. Mm-hmm. And it made me go, God, I wonder how many plays I've seen yeah. that actually weren't bad, yeah. but they just didn't get their they didn't get to have their people, mm-hmm. or it wasn't produced right, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. And so seeing those series was really like, oh, wow, this is what happens when you just get your people who like, yeah, and totally. It, yeah, that was like a big old like. Aha uh-huh moment. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That yeah. was a big old like, damn. All right. Note to self: get your people. Make sure your people know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and like, make sure you get to make your things the way you want to make your things. Yes, totally. You know? And there's also something too, like I feel like when you actually get to know the plays themselves, you mm-hmm. realize that they're like, it's it was like August Wilson celebrating himself, celebrating his community, celebrating his neighbors and his parents and his cousins and the you know all mm-hmm. the people that he was coming across and being able to so skillfully capture you know all of these 
variety of characters yeah. into the place so beautifully, but also trusting his very singular voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and then on top of that, to have yeah. all those actors. Yeah, and his play is actually incredibly diasporic too. Absolutely. Like to like to hear Headley, which is actually like oh yeah a Caribbean character, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Haitian or yep. yeah, and to like and to hear like Joe Turner's come and gone. Like you actually you actually hear like oh and Gem of the Ocean. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Africa callback. Like when you actually sit, this is like, you know, this is an incredibly actually diasporic play. This is a Black American experience, yes. but it calls back to the Caribbean. It calls back to Africa, and it, and it, he did so also with his casting Absolutely. too. So when when they did those Green Space series, it was also made me go, oh, like that's a part for an African character. Yeah. Okay, great. Like yeah. you know, or like that's a part for that like hood dude. That's a part for like that old ass Southern black man. You know, and it was just really you know you put them all together and like there really is a beautiful range of the diversity of blackness. Yes, in his place. Yes, inside of like the men, inside of the women, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like he was so I think aware of just history mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and he in a way almost never let us sep- separate ourselves from ourselves mm-hmm. african and african-american mm-hmm. it's like let us celebrate the oneness so you can have a character who's 400 years old yes. you know what i mean right. who bridges <laughs> right. you know who bridges oceans right. you know so it's yeah it's beautiful yeah. but that's 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 that was our, that was our <laughs> beginning that was our beginning <laughs> <laughs> For me, a big influence is Terrell McCraney, mm. you know, direct influence. Definitely, obviously, there are people before me, so like, you can call back and go, I hear this. But, like, for me directly, probably Terrell, just because I remember reading when his play started getting published, um, reading the inserts and how the brother-sister plays, like, one was a dedication to his brother, one was a ded- dedication to his sister, and how, like, th- you know, those three plays were dedications, um, and I was like, oh, I like that. Like, I like mm. to I like to keep it that personal, you know. And if I can think of making something a dedication to someone really specifically, I'll keep the heart of the thing I'm trying to make. And I will hopefully not get out of control with my ideas of what I think the play is about. Um, so for me, Good Grief was really just about uh, a great friend of mine who in my who died too young when I was 21. Um and it just really was a very just it was a catalyst for a lot of change in my life. It was a catalyst that made me a more a much more serious artist. Um, yeah. And then like I started writing the play like um, like 10 years after he had passed. I want to say I was like, you know, having one of my dark broody moments in grad school, as you have. Um, and I, it just came out I was actually as a poem at first. It was like 10 pages or the last monologue in the play. It was like ten pages, and it was, I just kept writing, and it wasn't it wasn't wasn't very sensical. And then it kind of was like almost first folio ish, where I was kind of talking to myself, you know. And then I just kind of got classmates together because I went to UCSD, um, with a bunch of classmates who were like playwright majors, directing majors, design majors, acting majors, and they just kind of sat up with me, um, at like two o'clock in the morning, and just like, you know, like listen to the first 30 pages of what I think I had and they read it out loud and they were like yeah man um yeah but it kind of kind of started with a big old ache you know started with an ache and I just kind of like didn't suppress the ache and I just kind of kept writing it until it was like okay this is 80 pages okay I think this I think I'm done (laughs) for Mm. now and that was kind of like how the first draft came about um but I very much yeah, I just really tried to capture home and like 
what I remembered of the moment, you know, and I remembered, you know, people who were there for me, people who couldn't quite articulate what they wanted for me and like who couldn't do much for me, you know, and I just, yeah, I, I, and it's also, you know, I'm, I'm from a, sub, a very lovely, s small, big suburb, and I think I'm very much of that place and not. Um, and I also just wanted to capture those people, you know, my, my mm. parents living there and the people I grew up with there. Because um, I never go, I almost never go back there, but I like that's where I'm from. <laughs> Well, you know what's great is um, Nguzi and her sister had produced um, a like workshop preliminary for a, a performance of it. When, when was this? Two or three years? Four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. Um, that they did um, at Intar. Yeah. Um, that I went to see, yeah. and the great Russell Jones. Yeah. Um, directed <laughs> um, that that first kind of iteration of yeah, it. Yeah, we so did I, like a. You know, we produced it in four days with like a Kickstarter uh, two week rehearsal because it was like, how would we get the most awesome people to say yes to us? Oh, we only take up their time for two and a half weeks. We did two week rehearsal and a four day showing. Wow, yeah. and it was and it was beautiful, and it was just amazing. It was in the middle of the summer. There was no air conditioning, and all these people just gathered to like watch this play and hear the story on like the second floor in the entire theater. So that was actually my first introduction to um, the play and to Ngozi's writing. And then I've just been you know following it because then they had a production that went out to CTG, mm -hmm. um, CTG. In, in Los Angeles yeah. that Patricia McGregor directed. And so it's been great to kind of just follow it along and hear the stories of how everything has been going with. And here with the changes yeah. that you've been making along the way. So by the time um, um, we decided to work on this together, now it yeah. was great because I, I mean, obviously have such an amazing history with Ngozi as a person, but I knew the play and loved the play already, and was excited to support and continue the development of the of the play. But it was not new to me, so which yeah. was it was exciting to see yeah. um, some of the changes that had been made since the last time that I saw it, mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of just took it from there. Yeah. Yeah. And we worked together earlier this year on Homecoming Queen so we're beginning to learn a shorthand mm -hmm. as director writer but obviously it's different as director actor playwright uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know so we're definitely <laughs> learning uh <-huh>. that <laughs> yeah. there was like ideas of like I knew that there was a sort of like mystical element about the whole thing, but I remember in the first iteration, there was just no time. So you just commit to what, you just commit to choices, you know? And Russell was great. He's like, all right, you've got, we literally have two weeks. So you have to commit to what script you want to be. You have two mm -hmm. days to decide what script this is, and I'm going to direct it. And you cannot be the playwright after the first day of rehearsal, mm. you know? So after the first day of rehearsal, you're the actor because we literally have two weeks. And if there are any big questions, we'll stop. But you're the actor. You're no longer the playwright after the first day of well, once we're on our feet. And um, and so that was just like, uh, and, and I, I know there was a sort of like a ethereal, mystical element, but I hadn't written it in. So I mm. think like, I want to say the original was like an interpretive dance of some sort. There was like some interpretive movement. Mm. But we didn't necessarily have the sort of like we didn't really actually conjure and bring the gods in mm. there like we like we do like we did in the uh, um in the uh world premiere and so mm. that and that came about during I was workshopping at not workshopping I was in um fellow for Rising Circle and the Rising Circle we is a ten week program for playwrights of color 
uh, they take a play that's in a first draft and you you know you have to commit to rewriting it and so it was 10 weeks once a week um, great program um, with um, um, artists of color um, and what we did was that we rewrote I rewrote the thing and by the week 10 I was like ooh ooh, I think the gods start the play, <laughs> like, you know? And by week 10, I was like, ooh, the, I like that bookend. And so the mm. bookend happened around then. And then once we got the world premiere, we kind of, you know, not exaggerated it, but, you know, Patricia had a big question. Like, okay, well, do they come in? Do they, what, you know, what do they do? And we had this sort of movable set. So in the world premiere, the gods moved the set, you know? So even though they didn't speak a lot as in their godlike form, they moved the set. And so that that was one way. And so in this one, the set is a little bit more still. Mm-hmm. And um, what were the changes even now, um, before I want to say, like, they conjured stuff and now it's sort of like centered around Nketchi, my character, conjuring and, and, and her idea of memory and her going back and forth. And we're centered very much on memory and fighting it mm-hmm. and letting go and holding on, and um, and we just sort of centered the story more on that, um, which is interesting. And <clears throat> yeah, so there's been sort of changes around that. Like we made a last minute scene change right before we went to tech, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, where we just rewrote, I just rewrote a scene that was sort of about sex and consent that was no longer funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was much funnier last year. That's no longer funnier this year for obvious reasons. And so it was about. So there's a no- new scene about like how do you sort of keep that tension but also how do you make it funny mm. um and like keep to your ear keep your ear and your heart to the ground of what's going on in our culture um so which i think we are, are accomplishing yeah um but yeah so we you know there's and there's just been like internal changes here cuts here cuts there so it is a different it's a different play mm. and it's just like it's also you know it's a different director different designers different cast besides myself so it's a different vision yeah. and you just gotta go all right well this is the version that we're doing yeah. um so it's a different, it's a different, it's not a different play, but it's a different play, mm. you know. It's, I mean, it's kind of amazing, actually, because there's, um, we get to kind of do two things. One, Ngozi obviously knows the play so deeply, so can live inside of it in a really wonderful, beautiful way. And it's, it's fa- I think the fascinating thing and exciting thing is watching the play live inside of her mm-hmm. with new people because, you know, it's all, it's as she's saying, it's an all new cast. Everybody's having other different impulses mm-hmm. um, about what the characters are, what the moments are. You know what I mean? It's like finding the ways to continue to stay present inside of the experience Mm-hmm. So to respond to this thing of this moment, you know what I mean. Um, so it's been it's been a great kind of a great ride, and I think you know we d- we did a script workshop in uh, when was that July August mm-hmm. sometime over the summer, um, and so we were able to really kind of finesse and refine and reshape some of the structure of the play mm-hmm. um, before we went into rehearsal it, with the with the hope and idea that once we get into rehearsal, it'd be great if she can you know focus primarily on um, the the acting part of it, but it's also a great gift because. Because there's some little kind of like minute things that actually we get to feel from both the inside and the outside of the play. Do you know what I mean? Because she's inside of it. We can say, oh, this jump to get from this moment to this moment, this is our idea of how it works or how it functions. But sometimes in the inside of it, it feels, no, this is not quite right. And so we've been able to kind of go through and make adjustments um on that but i mean the great thing about Nguzi too is just that she's very um 
flexible and very open and very open hearted. So um, I think, you know, that all makes for a great process. The, the play is pseudo autobiographical. So and I write from a personal perspective. So I know the part. I know the play. Um, the disadvantage is that I know the play mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, there's a tendency to keep it to, to, for its rote or that I know everything and there has to be room for discovery as an actor. There has to be room for surprise. There has to be room for an actor, your scene partner, actually telling you something different about that part that you wrote. Um, and that's, I just think the playwright thing, the, the, the relationship between the playwright and the actor doing your play period is that that actor might have a different impulse and you got to let them ride that impulse out, whether it be wrong or right. Um, so I would say it's great because um, I, I, I would say, I'm glad that she said that I'm open hearted, open minded, because for me, it's been like a struggle in relinquishing my control issues um, <laughs> um, and patience because it really, you know, I've done the play before also multiple times. So I have a sort of certain shorthand with the play so I can just kind of go into a thing. And so but it's also not and I but I can't expect everyone to be at that speed. Um, but these actors actually are. They're actually I mean, they were actors are amazing. We have a really pretty badass group of actors so they actually are all like oh she knows it okay Mm -hmm. we should get on it um but i would say that the disadvantage is the knowing the Mm -hmm. disadvantage is that you know how this thing works the disadvantage sometimes is that like i'm in my scene and i'm like this scene is not right and i think it's my writing (laughs) you know well i'm like is it them or is it me ah i think it's me and then and then once i know it's me i'm like I'm not death in the rehearsal room, but I'm just like my mind is just like I'm just dissatisfied until I figured out how to how to fix that scene. So there is that part of like making sure that you're present for your scene partner. So they're like, hey, hey, remember me? Actor, act with me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. The scene is no good. The scene is no good. <laughs> um, so I would say that that's the it's a double consciousness of having to be aware um, and but also be present for your for your scene partners. <laughs> I mean, this, for me, the script workshop was really great. Sarah is a is a dramaturg. I will say that this is this is my third production of a show, so it's interesting for me because I think as a playwright, uh, I don't know if this is. A, I'm a bit spoiled, so like you know, I had Michael Ritchie and Neil Pepe, who are also really wonderful artistic directors, and they're kind of like here are the keys, don't burn the house down uh, type of artistic directors, um, and they just kind of like leave you alone to your own devices, and you just cross your fingers and hope for the best. While Sarah is a little bit more on you, and she's a dramaturg, and she's like, let's really, you know, I really want you to work on this script. I'm like, what do you mean work on the script? I'm done. It's great. I did it already. <laughs> so she really challenges you to really get in your script and really like get deeper. I'm like, I don't. How deep can I get? So, mm-hmm. but she really challenged me to do that with Awoye, and I think that has really. Um, I think taken the play to a different level by doing that. Mm. So I think it's been actually a really it's been challenging in the way of like, oh, I didn't I didn't expect to have time. I was I did not expect to do these rewrites. You know, I did not know. I thought this play was done. And I'm like, oh, it's not done. Oh, okay, that's cool. But that's exhausting. Um, But it's been it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I mean, it's such a wonderful supportive group of people. And we're, you know, we've actually put the entire production together in a relatively short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, it's been, but it's been great to kind of develop a um, a process and system for ourselves inside of knowing, you know, when the audience is coming Mm -hmm. and to be able to have that script workshop um, over the summer was just really helpful. I I mean, for me too, coming to the play new just to have that time to really get into it and ask questions Mm -hmm. and for the, you know, the three of us to sit down and, um, 
just really investigate the qu play and question the play um, has been really been really great. So I feel like we, we could start rehearsal really, really strong, mm -hmm. which was great. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, please do. Okay. So there's been a lot of like, this is a Nigerian-American girl story and a mm -hmm. story of an African living in America. And it's like, this is just a story mm -hmm. <laughs> about a girl mm -hmm. who misses her friend. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You don't have to prepare yourself. Yeah. You don't have to do any dramaturgy. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you just maybe got to sit with like your heart open and think of somebody that you love and like watch it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel like there's, I mean, I talk about this all the time, but there's so, there's so many things happening in the world right mm -hmm. now and in life right now. And there's so many um, forces that are kind of hell bent on finding ways to, for us to separate ourselves. Um, and I think that um, at the end of the day, there's, there, I 100% agree. There's no, there's no preparation that's needed. It's about us as Americans, as people in this world coming together and to sit together and commune as human beings to hear a story. There's no preparation, like just your preparation is being a human being in the world. And we come into this space and we breathe together and we love together and we laugh together. Um, and that's it, because at the end of the day, we're all one. And you know, we all have had friends, we've all had love, we've all had loss and it's, you know, these are just really, intense and but wonderful things that connect us and um yeah i'm excited i'm excited for the audience to come and for us all to commune together inside of the story that's it for this episode of theater uncorked thanks to ngazi anyawu and avoye timpo for joining us on the podcast theater uncorked is produced and edited by me kevin weinbold and created by eric pargach with help from the Vineyard's associate producer, Ali Sky Bennett, and marketing director, Melissa Pelkey. Thanks to the Vineyard Theater's artistic directors, Douglas Abel and Sarah Stern, and managing director, Susanna Pell, along with the entire Vineyard staff. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word. And last but not least, a special thanks to you for listening to Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.